and welcome back to What's Up With, the World Institute on Disability podcast, where we discuss what's up in the disability community across the globe. If this is your first time here, I'm your host, Ashley Nkunsa, and on today's episode, I'm excited to share with you a great conversation that I had with Angeline Akai Lodi. Angeline is a Kenyan disability rights advocate who is currently participating in our Community Solutions Program Fellowship here at WID. She is also a chairperson over at the Access Network of the Blind in Kenya. Angeline lost her sight after contracting measles and has spent the last several years advocating for people with disabilities in the realms of education, employment, and accessibility. Angeline and I had a conversation about her experiences as a Kenyan woman with a disability and how she plans to use the knowledge that she's gained from her fellowship at WID to continue to enact change in her community in Kenya for women with disabilities and for the overall disabled population. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. My first question for all of our guests before we get started is always, how are you doing today? I'm very grateful um, to be here and to just have a chat with you. Much appreciated. Well, I'm very happy to have you here. So I can't wait to have this conversation. So if you could please tell us about your life growing up in Kenya as a woman with a disability, how was that for you? It, it, it was not easy. It was never easy growing up as a first a child with a disability. That is a visual disability. I am totally blind. I lost my sight um, uh, the cause of my measles. Unfortunately, I was not, never immunized for measles, so um, it went with my sight. So, um, I grew up as a girl with disability and um, uh, fortunately, I come from an indigenous community uh, whereby, you know, there are very many um, issues when it comes to children with disabilities. So uh, the view uh, any person with disability as probably a curse or something, a punishment from the gods, as they say. So growing up, um, I grew up not just uh, from an indigenous community and as a girl um, and you know children who are girls are not you know viewed as to be or to bring uh, wealth to the community. Luckily I had parents who are very supportive, very supportive despite their uh, background, meaning that I was raised in a background that was not, we did not have it, you know, the humble beginning where uh, my parents had to you know look for something small just to keep us going uh, just food or shelter and it was never easy so luckily the education i got was from well wishers who supported my education from primary level to high school and to you know to college um it was never easy disability is interlinked mostly to poverty and uh, i thank those who supported me in one way or the other, including my parents who, are, who supported me to having the good education that I did. And uh, there's a lot as a girl child and as a woman that I am right now, we face a lot of discrimination first as a woman and secondly, as a woman with disability. So that's a brief about me. Like you said, disability is linked to poverty. It's it's the same way here in America. 
one system empowers the other. I'm I'm happy though that you had your family there as a support system for you. That is amazing and wonderful. Can you can you share with us a little bit more about the overall sentiment towards you shared a little bit. You talked about how disability in Kenya is viewed as like a curse from the gods. Can you talk a little bit about that, like the sentiment towards people with disabilities in general and women and girls with disabilities? How are they generally treated in Kenya? Um, there are a lot of uh, challenges, though we um, we are coming out of it slowly by slowly. Uh, you know, despite that uh, having the Convention on Rights of Persons with Disability ratified by our country, Kenya, the implementation has been a problem. And so we, we face a lot of challenges. You know, the CRPD recognizes that women and girls uh, with disabilities are often at a greater risk both within and outside the home because of the violence and injuries or abuse or, you know, the negligence or maltreatment that um, come with it. And also it's uh, the Convention on Rights of Persons with Disabilities acknowledges that women with disabilities are, you know, subject to multiple discrimination and further it calls on all governments to take appropriate measures uh, to ensure that there is empowerment of the same persons to guarantee them the exercise and enjoyment of all uh, human rights and fundamental freedoms. Um, we, the implementation has been a problem, though we are trying, the Kenya government is really trying its level best. And uh, as a woman with disabilities, um, it is not often the case that women and girls with disabilities would have the spaces to exercise leadership owing to many, many barriers that they face. Indeed, uh, women with disabilities have decried the fact that their voices, you know, our voices and issues more often than not fall within the cracks of both the, the human rights movement and as well as the disability movement. And when they <coughs> Rather, when we, we cannot secure space that this critical social movement, we, we see the leadership of women with disability relegated you know, to the margins. And uh, we cannot articulate our issues as women with disabilities, or also in the tables, even uh, spaces and issues that, that really concern us. So it has been a lot, it has been a lot of, uh, we have a lot of challenges from access to healthcare, um, education, and also political participation. Uh, we, we try our level best to try and, you know, get into these spaces in as much as they're not <laughs> supportive to us. We get into the spaces, we infiltrate and uh, ensure that we have a voice and the voice of women with disabilities are mainstreamed in the larger, um women rights movement so a, a lot a, a lot we are facing challenges even uh, in the CEDO, um the convention or elimination of you know uh, the, the issues that women face we we feel that also and with the interactions we've had with a lot of women with disabilities some are going through for example forced sterilization without their consent. Uh, 
we don't have rights that uh, we feel we're, we're championing for rights whereby we get the sexual reproductive health and rights with trainings and access to the same um yes there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot that uh, we are facing as women abilities in kenya yeah so the lack of implementation of laws that's yet another thing that is a global issue that is very prevalent here in the united states and across the globe that laws are passed <laughs> to protect people with disabilities but they're not ever implemented properly by the government that is so common mm -hmm. and how are you currently working towards ending the discrimination towards women um, who are disabled and particularly people who are blind in Kenya. Can you tell us about your work that you're doing? I work with, uh, or rather I'm a chairperson of Access Network of the Blind. Um, it's a community-based organization where we advocate for rights of persons who are blind or visually impaired. And uh, also in the same organization, we ensure that we equip uh, blind women with the necessary skills or trainings or just mentorship to ensure that they are able to speak out for themselves that their voices they are the voices you know the shoe wearer, the shoe wearer knows where the shoe pinches and uh, for them to be able to have this knowledge and the training for them to speak out for themselves the, the, the discrimination against the women and girls with disability will eventually come to an end because i believe um, first there are women and their disability follows so no one should be discriminated based on their disability or their gender so we we train them we have mentorship and we also ensure that we we, we have these uh, dialogues or create the spaces enabling environments where they are able to articulate their issues themselves you're you're doing some really important work it's it's really interesting thank you. All of the, <laughs> thank you. yes absolutely it's interesting all of the overlap that you know as you're explaining this to me so many of these issues all of these issues are also prevalent across the globe but yeah, a lot of commonalities are resonating yeah. with me as you're talking about your story. A lot of those issues go on everywhere. People with disabilities, particularly, and, and women with disabilities are marginalized. And I'm so glad that you're doing this important work to change that and to give women agency to speak out. Oh, thank you. Thank you, absolutely. <laughs> so you've been, you've been a fellow with WID for um, a couple of months now. What have you experienced as a fellow and what projects have you been working on? The experience is super awesome. The experience has been great. Actually, I'm a fellow of the Community Solutions Program mm -hmm. and um, also it has come in handy in ensuring that I get the necessary skills, skills that I think or feel that I did not, I had or did not have the same skills because being in an organization that is two years old and uh, as a volunteer of the same organization because we don't even have funding, um, we have never received any funds. So we work in from our own little uh, money that we get. Um, CSP has really helped me or equipped a lot um, in empowering myself 
to ensure that um, I, I give the best that I can in the community. Um, and WID has, like I said, come in handy to equip me with the necessary skills, like for example, grant writing and uh, accessibility um, testing, which honestly I feel that is very key in my country because the websites are not accessible. Currently, I am learning a lot on grant writing and uh, I'm sure very soon I will also roll out the issue of accessibility testing in the website in our country, Kenya, starting from the government and to the corporate, just to ensure that we are not left behind in terms of accessing information in those in the websites and in the digital platform. So I am really um, humbled to be part of this and glad that I am <clears throat> uh, learning a lot and this will go a long way in ensuring that I um, offer the, the best that I can in Kenya and support my very own persons with visual impairments who in the past have been left behind um, in terms of development, yet we also contribute to the well-being and the development of the whole country, Kenya. So this, I'm sure, will be <clears throat> a known case whereby persons with visual impairment are left behind, will not, but will be part of the whole processes from the inception to the policy implementations. And yes, we will benefit, we will all benefit. So much appreciation to WEED and uh, the CSP team for coming up with this very noble course whereby we get trained and <clears throat> eventually we implement in our various respective countries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and can you can you tell us a little bit more about the grant writing experience and what specific things that you've learned about grant writing and also the uh, accessibility or user testing? Can you tell us about what exactly you've been doing and like, yeah, a little more about what you've learned doing those two um, projects? Um, in accessibility testing, um, I'm, I'm still learning where, but you know, it's very, it's, it's very, um, very true that um, we uh, in Kenya are facing challenges accessing this website. And uh, what I am learning right now is how to involve this, um, the government, for example, and the corporates, and ensuring that they are, they, they, they are cognizant to the fact that um, we are a bigger, a larger population of persons with disabilities and different sectors of disabilities access are different. So as blind persons in Kenya, we are facing, the, accessing these websites or the portals, the, the digital platforms is, is hard. So I'm learning that, you know, just benchmarking and the good practices of hey, America that yeah, able that weed has been at the forefront in ensuring that accessibility is taken good care of, and uh, we can replicate this to the to my country Kenya and the whole of Africa to ensure that we make these uh, platforms accessible for all. So I'm still in the learning process, and currently I'm taking the the, the I'm so excited about this in a um, making sure that this is implemented in my you know, my country. And uh, or secondly, you know, um, 
we we have these many corporates, like I said earlier, and government institutions, and there's a there are policies in place that or laws in place that they should make um, these platforms accessible for all, including persons with disabilities. But I think they need more push. The same, we, they need to push them and to show them how they can go about it, about it. They might not be aware of how to go about the same. So they need some people, they need someone to, or a group of people to let them know that this is happening. So that's the learning, or that's the uh, lesson that I'm learning from the CSP team. And then grant writing, wow. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I'm taking home that there, there's a process that needs to be done. We need to put our houses in order and uh, our objectives in place and uh, how to go about our activities, things that we do not in the past have never maybe put the records in place, what we do, how we have done it and why we think we should do the activities. We have never uh, we have not recorded the, the things that we've been doing. So that's the learning that I'm doing from the, I'm learning from the grant writing and in ensuring that there's proper monitoring and evaluation processes of funds that might come or funds that, you know, are coming within the organization and how we are working on the sustainability of some programs. Can't get enough of What's Up WID? Great news! We've recently welcomed a new addition to our What's Up WID franchise, our monthly newsletter. Our What's Up WID newsletter highlights our latest blog posts, podcast episodes, videos, and news media features every single month. To sign up, visit our website at www.wid.org and click on Sign Up for Email Updates from WID located on the left and subscribe to our monthly newsletter so you never miss out on What's Up with WID. If you're a fan of the What's Up With podcast, you can show your support with a small monthly donation starting at just 99 cents. Make a contribution today by clicking on the listener support button on our podcast website located at www.anchor.fm forward slash WID dash O-R-G. Why do you think that accessibility is so important and how could it really change the lives of people with disabilities. Why is it why is it so important that we make websites and, and everything really accessible? Um very important. It is very important to make um, for example the websites accessible for persons with disability. Because you know in in the past um we we used to use a lot of money even to buy the newspapers newspapers that you would not be able to read yourself um newspapers that you are advertising for jobs for example and um for example if i'm a blind person i'm not able to read these newspapers i need to look for someone who might maybe require me to pay for uh, this person i may require some payments form of payment uh, and um for you as a person with disability who's unemployed, for example, you're not able to even uh, cater for your basic needs. How are you going to even cater for, for the money for someone who's going to help you um, submit or read for you this newspaper that is 
advertising for a job, for example. This um, accessibility is very key because if these uh, issues are taken good care of, um, persons with disability are able to be self-reliant or independent. They're able to choose for, to select for themselves. They're able to, you know, be part of the whole processes, part of the conversations that are arising in the digital platforms. They're able to, you know, be, like I said, self-reliant or independent. You don't need someone to be there for you. You can do it yourself. And you, if you have the necessary skills, you are trained or you, you know how to use these uh, gadgets like the screen readers, you don't need someone to do what you can do yourself. So it, it is sort of a, a level playground, a level play field whereby it brings, it bridges that gap for the disability, persons with disability and the non-disabled persons. So it's a, it's a, it bridges that gap. Accessibility is very key. And how do you plan to use the work that you've learned as a fellow? How do you plan to use that within your community in Kenya? Wow, I'm planning a lot. <laughs> um, my prayer is that everything that I'm planning will come to fruition mm -hmm. and uh, the implementation will take place. That is my greatest fear. I just want to implement everything that I have learned and uh, ensure that I equip uh, everyone, the people that I work with, with the same um, relevant information that I'm gaining from here. And uh, this has given me more energy. It has invigorated me. It has given me more energy to uh, continue working, What I, how I can do, you know, my level best in ensuring that um, implementation of projects um, and ensuring that persons with visual impairment live a life with dignity and uh, also just removing that uh, notion where uh, persons with disability are viewed as agents of charity and uh, change that to persons with disability being the agents of change, being part of change and bringing the same to the whole larger society. You know, that changing that mindset of people I am willing. I have come. I will come up with several projects that will ensure that the visibility of persons with disability being agents of change and not, um, you know, objects of charity the way we people usually view us. So I, I'm going to implement more of this, changing the narrative, and ensuring that persons with disability are the four in. Advancing their their rights. That's a great plan, and I think that once you leave us, you'll be very equipped with um, the tools to do so. So I'm really excited to see <laughs> what you're going to do. I in am, your community. <laughs> I'm already I'm already having those skills, and I'm, yeah. I'm open to learn, continue learning more. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. What what advice um, would you give to? women and girls with disabilities in Kenya and really across the globe, because we talked about how these problems are so pervasive in all countries. So what advice would you give to women and girls with disabilities within their communities who are trying to enact change, um, but are facing discrimination? How would you advise them to navigate that like you're doing? Oh, I will tell them that the, the road is never smooth. It is rough. 
But the only thing I can tell them is not to give up, never giving up. People, um, like here in Africa, they will call your name, they will name call you with your disability. You will be abused emotionally, but we as disability rights advocates, we don't give up. You should never give up, but continue taking it, uh, taking those challenges as a stepping stone and saying that, yes, if these are the challenges I'm willing to, because we are creating, we'll be creating, a, there's a generation that is coming after our, after us. And if we don't create um, an enabling environment for them to come and see what we have done and how they can uh, continue with our legacy, we'll do nothing. So I, I can tell them not to give up. The road is never smooth. It is always rough, but the most important thing is not giving up and ensuring that we we talk, we have that voice, we voice our issues, we engage with those people that we should engage with, and also being part of the whole processes, even if it, it means for you to, you know, get in there when uh, women, uh, the, for example, the women are talking, their, the mainstream women, like they are always called, are, are talking about their issues and you feel that there's a gap when it comes to women with disability. Get in there and speak out for the millions of women with disabilities who have no one to speak for. So it's for us to wake up and say that it's enough is enough and right now we need to be felt and uh, and heard. That's fantastic advice. And um, I'm curious, what advice would you give to the Kenyan government and really, again, governments in general across the globe? in regards to including people with disabilities and accessibility, um, what advice would you give to the government? Um, the advice that I can give to the government is that we, uh, disability fraternity, are a bigger number, we are a large number, and uh, no one should be left behind because of the disability. And the policies that are in place, the laws that are in place need to be implemented. So I ask the government to ensure that no one is left behind uh, because of their the, the disability, race, gender, and all that. They are not left behind. And all the policies that, are, that come up put into consideration the well-being of uh, us persons with disabilities and to ensure that we participate uh, meaningfully in all those processes. I always say participating meaningfully in all processes because if we are given, we are we are viewed as an afterthought whereby they come with a, a policies that none of us or no one with disability was involved in. It is it will not make any sense because uh, no one knows where the shoe pinches. It's only the shoe that knows. So um, the government should ensure that they include persons with disability in the in the decisions and also in the processes that are required for policy formulations and the government should ensure that the laws that are in place are implemented to the latter and that we are treated with dignity and respect because the laws are there if they are there and not they are not implemented that means that a certain number of persons are feel marginalized and this is not the era where we, we view we, we should look people and see that they are not you know they, they don't have any meaning to the society 
I like this principle in the, the Conventional Rights of Persons with Disability, whereby it talks about the meaningful and full participation of persons with disability in the society. So in the past, we were not included, but right now the constitution and the laws that are in place, which many countries ratified, um, the Conventional Rights of Persons with Disability, uh, we, we have been relegated to the margins we have in the past. We have been not participating in everything that pertains us. But now for us to feel included in the society and in the development of uh, the countries, we need to be part of the whole process. I, I could not have said it better. You said it so eloquently. And yes, they need to they need to implement the laws, not just pass them. It's about implementing them and including yes. people with disabilities in every realm of the planning yes. and um, mm -hmm. of society. So that's fantastic advice as well. I just want to say that this is a great opportunity and I'm very much humbled to be part of this conversation. And uh, I hope everyone is doing their level best. A person with disability is doing their level best in ensuring that disabilities, lives are uh, treated well. I mean, any person with disability should feel respected. How can people who are, are not disabled, how can they join in this fight for, um, you know, liberation and um, equity and equality for people with disabilities? How can people who are not disabled, what is their role in all of this? Wow, they have a big role to play. Remember, these uh, person, non-disabled persons are our sisters, are our friends, are people that uh, hold our hands in schools. They are people that are very passionate. They have a very big role to change the narrative and to ensure that, you know, we in the conversations that they hold, they should not uh, leave anyone behind. I, I, I just like this phrase of leaving, not leaving no one behind. So they, they are very important. They are at the core in ensuring that we, persons with disabilities, lives matter. They should ensure that um, the voices are there. They should be the voice when we are not there. They should say that they should speak out when uh, issues or, for example, violence arises and persons with disabilities have been attacked and things like that. They should be at the forefront. And in fact, not just persons who are non-disabled, but also other partners for example, in the legal justice system, in uh, the government, in the corporates, they should not leave us behind. They should be there with us. They should ensure that persons with disabilities issues are dealt with because we are part of the larger community and we are part of the um, bigger community and if our lives or uh, our, our lives are is affected in one way or the other. Their their lives also will be affected, and if we live a life well, they will also be there and celebrate with us. So they will be at the they are at the forefront. In fact, we should partner together with them, and not uh, they should be part of this whole conversations. They should work hand in hand with the persons with disabilities and in ensuring that the rights of persons with disabilities. Uh, adhered to. Absolutely, yes. I think there's strength in numbers and in, in a community, and we need as many people out, you know, fighting the good fight, you know, in order for people with disabilities to be granted the rights that 
that um, they deserve. I think we need everyone. We need as many people as possible, like you said. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Angeline. This conversation was amazing. It was it was it was really great and um, thought provoking to hear that there are so many similarities in your country to the United States, (laughs) to so Mm -hmm. many other countries across the globe. You know, it only makes it more increasingly clear that we really do need to fight to change the world on a global stage. And um, it was just fantastic to have this conversation with you. It was great. So thank you for for talking to me. Thank you too. Thank you too. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. so great to have this conversation with Angeline and learn about all of the parallels that people in Kenya with disabilities share with people here in the United States and really in all countries across the globe. But I know that Angeline is committed to shifting the paradigm so that people with disabilities in Kenya are granted the rights that they deserve. And I'm really excited for all of her hard work to come to fruition. Now you can find transcripts and American Sign Language interpretations for today's episode and each and every episode, in fact, of What's Up With on our website at www.wid.org forward slash what's dash up dash wid. And I would like to just thank Angeline once again for the wonderful conversation. She was absolutely amazing. And thank you all at home for listening, watching, or reading today's episode. And I will talk to you all next time.